morning, everyone. Um, it's a real privilege to get to speak to you this morning. My name is Sam. I'm a part of King's Church. I hope that we all enjoyed that video because I will be just coming on the back of that. It's also a very special morning for not just some of us, but all of us, because we are going to be baptizing um, seven of our friends this morning. I'm really looking forward uh, to that. Uh, but I thought I'd, I'd start off by just telling us a bit of a story, and then on the back of that, I want to just explain briefly what our seven friends are going to be doing this morning, and then I'll share briefly uh, with us uh, about the resurrection story, which we, we celebrate this morning. And so, happy Easter, everyone. It's good to see all of you. I don't know whether you've heard the story, but um, a story is told of a Sunday school teacher who asked all his Sunday school kids to bring in a plastic Easter egg with something in there symbolizing Easter or the resurrection of Jesus. And so the following Sunday when they got together, each child had something special. The first one had his plastic Easter egg with a flower in there. And so the teacher looked at the flower and said, oh, actually, this is great. It speaks of new life at Easter. Another child had used crayon to draw Jesus and put that in his plastic Easter cup. The teacher looked at us and said, great. Another one had a tiny little nail in his Easter cup. The teacher looked at us and thought, yes, indeed, these nails, you know, this nail represents the nails that went through Jesus' hands. Another child had a little pebble in his plastic Easter cup. The teacher looked at it and said, indeed, this pebble represents the stone that was rolled across the, the mouth of the tomb. And then it got to little seven-year-old Brian, and he had nothing in his Easter egg or his plastic Easter egg. So the teacher is at this point dumbfounded. He doesn't know what to do. Before the teacher could say anything, Brian lifts his hand up and speaks for himself. He, he draws the teacher's attention to the emptiness of the plastic Easter cup egg. And so he says, well, teacher, it's the emptiness. It speaks of the fact that Jesus' tomb was empty. He wasn't there. When he died, he was buried. But when they went to check on the morning of Easter, he wasn't there. He is risen. He's alive. Hence, my empty Easter egg. On the back of that, we come this morning as we celebrate our Jesus who is risen. This Jesus who died and was buried, but on the third day rose from the dead and is alive forever. And it ties in beautifully with what our friends will be doing this morning. And so basically, this morning, our friends are going to be going into that pool of water. They will be immersed in that pool. Hopefully, they will not be left in the water, but they will be raised again. And I think there's a, there's a need to understand why our friends will be doing that this morning. There's a need to understand what baptism is. Now, the word baptism comes from the original Greek word baptizo, which means to 
immerse. It means to soak. It means to drench. It means to be completely covered with, in this case, with water. So each one of these friends who have actually made a commitment to follow Jesus, each of these guys have actually asked Jesus into their hearts. Each one of these guys have, have said to Jesus, we, we acknowledge that you are our Lord. We acknowledge that you, you died on the cross for us. We acknowledge that you were buried. We acknowledge that on the third day you rose from the dead. Each one of these guys have done this. But this morning, they are going to be seeking to do an outward demonstration of what has happened on the inside of their heart. So each one of them received Jesus. Each one of them has asked Jesus to be Lord and Savior of their lives. Today in this place, they are going to be seeking to do an outward demonstration, basically telling all of us that today they stand in truth and want to live for Jesus. So it is a very significant event. Now, this is what happens. When these guys are lowered in the water, which we all will see, it speaks of something pretty significant. When we believe in Jesus, we are united with him in his death, in his burial, and also in his resurrection. And so when these guys go in the water and they are lowered in the water, basically these guys are saying, I have died with Jesus. I am being buried with him. I have died with Jesus. I have died to my old way of life. When they are raised out of the water, they also will be declaring, I have been raised to new life with Jesus. So as you watch each one of them going to the water, drenched, soaked, raised again out of the water, basically they are saying, today, I want to tell everyone that indeed I have been united with Christ in his death and burial in the water, raised out of the water. Now I have also been raised with Jesus Christ and I choose to live for him. So very, 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 very significant event. And my hope is that we can stand with these guys and support them. Well, why should we get baptized? Because Jesus teaches that all his followers should. Who should get baptized? Every single person who has put their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Every single person who have turned away from all their wrongs and asked Jesus to be Lord and Savior of their lives. When can we get baptized? Well, actually, whenever there's water available. And so if you have turned away from all your wrongs or all your sins, ask Jesus to be Lord and Savior of your life, invited him in. Well, Jesus is actually, the way you demonstrate this union with me is to get baptized. And Jesus himself, even though he was without sin, gave himself to baptism. He was baptized by John. And so each one of our friends today will be declaring, going in the water, I have died and have been buried with Jesus, raised out of the water, I am being raised to new life, and I choose to 
live for Jesus. I'm really excited about that. Anyway, on to the resurrection story. I'm going to be sharing with us briefly uh, from Luke's gospel. Luke is actually one of the writers of the four gospels. So there's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And um, as a church, we've been working through uh, Luke's gospel, looking at the Easter story. And it's interesting. I got quite excited when that came on because that's where my story starts. It's the, it's the first day of the week. It's, it's a new beginning. Jesus, I mean, in Jerusalem, they'd, they'd been through some really difficult times, sad news of Jesus' death, his burial. And so we come on the back of, you know, Jesus having died and been buried. And these women, it's interesting, we don't see the men go to the tomb. It's quite interesting. It says it was the women, so praise God for the women. But it says it was the women who, who went to the tomb. Now, it's interesting to note that these women had gone to the tomb to effectually, basically, anoint Jesus' body or to, they had spices and they were wanting to embalm his body. And I, as I read the story, something struck me that clearly there was no anticipation of the resurrection because they expected to find a body wrapped in linen that they could embalm. And so they had gone with the spices. But the first shock for them was arriving there, like we were seeing in the video, arriving there and then discovering that actually the stone that covered the mouth of the tomb had been rolled away. There was, there was no stone. And so just imagine, you know, arriving and suddenly there's a gaping hole because the stone had been rolled away. And these women are wondering, what has happened here? Who, who did this? They are frightened, but also inside they are wondering, well, we better step in and find out what has happened. And so they get closer, they get into the tomb, and there's nobody. Just the linen clothes that, that, that Jesus was wrapped in. There's nothing that they are. The Bible says to us in Luke chapter 24, it says to us uh, in verse 4, while they were perplexed about this, they, 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 they are standing there perplexed. They don't know whether to, to believe it or not, but they, were, they, they just didn't know what to do to themselves. As they stood there perplexed, the Bible goes on to say to us that angels are, appeared and, and spoke to them. And this is what they said to them. The angel said to them, it says, why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Basically, they were saying to these women, the Jesus you're looking for is not here. You wouldn't find the living Jesus here. He, he is not here. He is risen. These angels knew something that these women had no idea of. So at this point, they are, they, are, they are perplexed at what is not there, but also frightened about what is there, these angelic beings that spoke to them. The first need we find here is the fact that these women were perplexed and frightened. Jesus speaks into that situation. The angels say to them, hold on, you're, you're frightened, you're perplexed, but remember what Jesus said to you. 
Don't stand there surprised. No. Remember what he said to you. That's what they said to them. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and on the third day rise. The angel said to them, remember what Jesus said to you all the time he was with you. He told you that the reason why he had come was to suffer. He told you that the reason why he had come was that one day he would die. But he also told you that on the third day he will be raised to life. And amazingly, the Bible later says to us, they remembered the words of Jesus. In that moment of perplexity, in that moment of being frightened, in that moment of searching, Jesus points us to the scriptures. He points us to his words and says, look, it is there. Scripture, all of the Bible was pointing to this day from Genesis all the way through the Bible. It was all pointing to Jesus coming and dying on the cross and being buried and on the third day being raised to life. It's there. When Jesus came on earth, he spoke about that because he had come to fulfill something that was part of God's ultimate plan. Remember what he told you. These women are excited. They run back and then they say to the other disciples, listen, he's risen. We found these angels. There was nobody, you know, there was nobody in the tomb. They're really, really excited. But sadly, the other disciples turn around and they go, oh, these are just idle tales. There's no truth in what you're saying. Stop it. Stop it, women. Stop it. I think another important lesson here for us is the fact that even the disciples needed some convincing. They were in gullible. These were guys Jesus had told personally, I will die, I will be buried, I will be raised to life. Even they needed convincing. And so it's okay if we don't believe it all. My prayer this morning is that just as Jesus revealed himself to the disciples, Jesus will do that for each one of us. Because we all have questions. We don't fully understand everything. But Jesus comes in and he points to his word. Remember what I told you. Peter is there. Now, Peter has had an interesting experience with Jesus because Jesus had said to him before he died, you're going to betray me three times. Before the cock crows, you would have said, you don't know me three times. Peter is standing there and he goes, Jesus, I'm never going to do that. Suddenly, Peter is in the courtyard. Jesus is before a kangaroo court. He denies Jesus three times. So Peter had real experience of what Jesus had said actually coming through. And so soon as he heard this, the Bible says that he ran to the tomb. He looked in there, didn't find the body. And the Bible says he marveled. I don't know whether at that point Peter actually believed, or the Bible just says he, he marveled. It could be that in the suddenly he goes, yeah, Jesus, you actually said this. Now this is true. Later that afternoon, so this was early in the morning, later that afternoon, two other disciples are traveling from Jerusalem to Emmaus. 
a few miles from Jerusalem. They are talking amongst themselves. The Bible says to us, they are talking about the events of the last couple of days, about Jesus' death, his burial. Now, Luke, who, who writes this, this book that we're reading from, obviously is sitting and watching, and he says that as these disciples walked from Jerusalem to Emmaus, talking about the, last, the events of the last couple of days, he says that Jesus joined them and Jesus walked with them. It's quite interesting. But then he also says to us that they were prevented from recognizing him. And Jesus said to them from verse 17, what is this conversation that you are holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still, looking sad. Then one of them called Cleopas answered him, answered Jesus, basically, are you the only visitor to Jerusalem? He turns to Jesus and he goes, are you the only one who hasn't heard about Jesus dying? Are you the only one who hasn't heard about Jesus being buried? Are you the only one who hasn't heard? Actually, some women went to the tomb this morning and they came back with news of there being nobody. Are you the only one, Jesus, who hasn't heard? Imagine that. Jesus with them, these guys telling Jesus about Jesus. How exciting. Obviously, those of us sitting here listening go, no, he's standing next to you. Look, Jesus is standing next to you. But actually, they didn't know that. And I think that there's a reason why Jesus takes the, these guys on a, on a journey of him effectively revealing himself ultimately to them. In their moment of desperation, interestingly, they go on and they say about Jesus, we had hoped that actually this Jesus will, will redeem Israel. They say to Jesus, we had hoped that he was the one God had sent to, to deliver Israel. And then Jesus tends them, he points them to the word again. Jesus said to them, oh foolish ones and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory and beginning with Moses and all the prophets, Jesus interpreted to them all the scriptures from the scriptures, all the things concerning himself. So again, in this moment when the disciples had no hope, they felt like their hope had been buried in the person of Jesus, Jesus points them to the scriptures. Now hold on, it says in there that he had to come and suffer and die. It says in there the scriptures point to these events happening. The, the resurrection is not some random event. No, the scriptures point to that. Do you not understand? They point to that. And then it says that as they drew near to the village to which they were going, Jesus acted as though he was going further. But they urged him, they said, no, 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 come on, come and stay with us. Stay the evening with us. And so Jesus was with them. And he went to stay with them. And while they were at the table, Jesus took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened and they recognized him. So the second set of disciples, suddenly eyes open to the resurrected Jesus. He, he is alive. He is risen. He is alive. 
Jesus opened their eyes. And then finally, later that evening, so we've gone through the morning, uh, Mary Magdalene, Joanna, and then Mary, the mother of James. We have caught up with these two disciples on the road to Emmaus. Finally that evening, the disciples are gathered. It was like a news conference because suddenly news was filtering through. Have you heard? Have you heard? Have you heard? This confusion, this chaos. People just don't know. Have you heard? Well, somebody said this. Well, have you seen him? Has he appeared to you? This confusion. The Bible says to us that as they were talking about these things, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, peace to you. The risen Christ was amongst them. Well, to kind of like speak into that confusion, he says, I am here. Look, I am risen. I am alive. And again, Jesus points them to the scriptures. He said to them, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. All these things that have happened, again, in the Scriptures. Look, it's there. And they were pointing to the fact that I will come, I will suffer, I will die on the cross, but on the third day I will be raised to life. Thus it is written, that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. So from morning, there's perplexity, there's fear. Jesus says, hold on, remember what I told you. In the afternoon, our hope is dead. Basically, this man called Jesus, the Son of God, whom we followed and trusted, whom we hoped will effectively redeem Israel, but now is dead. We don't know what else to do. Jesus says, no, 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 no. Hold on. The scriptures said that he will come, he would suffer, he would die, but he will be raised to life. Later that evening, when news was filtering through, everybody talking, everybody confused, Jesus stands and then he says, peace to you. It is written, the scriptures have been fulfilled because in the scriptures it did say, I will come, I will suffer, I will die, but on the third day, I will be raised to life. Finally, to finish off, well, Jesus is risen, and so what? Jesus is alive, and so what? Well, the resurrection is very much the foundation of the Christian faith. Without the resurrection, basically, there is no Christian faith. And so in 1 Corinthians 15, as I finish off, Paul, who had an, an amazing experience of the risen Christ, writes to us in 1 Corinthians 15, and I just would read that to us, and then I'll bring my, my talk to a close. 1 Corinthians 15, from verse 12, this is what the Apostle Paul says. He says, now, if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised then our preaching is in vain, and your faith is in vain. We are even found to be misrepresenting God because we testified about God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise, if it is true that the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, 
your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep, basically those who have died, in Christ have perished. There's no hope for them. Even Christ, we have hope in this life only. We are of all people most to be pitied. And then he says this in verse 20. He says, but in fact, but in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. Hallelujah. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. So basically, practically, what does this mean for us? Well, because Christ has been raised from the dead, it means that our preaching is not in vain. <laughs> we preach what is true. Because Christ has been raised from the dead, it means that our faith in Christ is not in vain. Because Christ has been raised from the dead, it means that we are not, we are not false witnesses. We actually are true witnesses. Because Christ has been raised from the dead, well, it means for us that actually... Our faith is not futile because Christ has been raised from the dead. It means that for those who have put their faith in him, they are no longer in their sins. Because Christ has been raised from the dead, it means that all who die in him will live again. Because Christ has been raised from the dead, our hope, it's not only in this life. I don't know whether you're like me, but I often think about life after here. Well, for the Christian, the Bible says that life here is not the end. There's life beyond here. And so, Jesus, we thank you. You are the resurrected one. You are the one who died, the one who was buried, but the one who rose from the dead and is alive forever. You reign, Jesus, and we praise you. We want to thank you for uh, these guys who are going to be getting baptized this morning. Thank you for that union with you. And I pray that as they uh, demonstrate publicly what you have done in their hearts, I pray that it will be a new beginning for them. I thank you for those who have been here listening and just joining in with this. Would you, Jesus, continue to reveal yourself to us? Thank you, Jesus. You are alive. Thank you that you have won the victory over death. Thank you that you have won the victory over sin. Thank you that because you rose from the dead, we will live in you. Jesus, we give you all the glory and all the praise. Amen. Thank you for listening. Thank you.